Well, Steven, we're here. We're almost done with community. I didn't think we'd ever make it, but we made it. And I think, how about, just for old time's sake, we record an intro to the podcast just one more time. Let's do it, Zach. I think we can handle it. If you like what we do here, make sure you mosey on over to patreon.com slash podcast For as little as five bucks a month, you too can feed a Zach and Steven in need, and you'll get access to all sorts of awesome content. Our weekly live pre-show that we do, You Can't Dis a Pre-Show. We've got some bonus podcasts on there. Days and days, just scads of content over there for you. Plus, maybe some new stuff coming soon, so make sure you put your ear to the ground, send us your bones, throw us at least a fiver, and see what it'll get you. Follow us on Twitter over at You Can't Dis a Pod. It's very important because starting October 18th, we'll have the week-long poll that decides between the four shows we've chosen for our next full rewatch podcast. So follow us on Twitter. Make sure you're a part of that poll and tell us what show we should talk about next. If you just can't get enough, watch those patties and come over and double tap us on Instagram over at Can't Disappoint Podcast. We're also on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. All sorts of vids, things to like, subscribe, and and slap the bell to get notified. After we finish the series finale of Community, we'll still be a weekly community podcast for the rest of 2022 as we conduct a series of community superlative podcasts where we'll be creating top five lists on several different community-related topics. Follow us on all our social medias to see how you can be a part of those final podcast episodes. Speaking of five, if you think that we're both five-star men and this is a five-star show, make sure you leave a review wherever you review your podcasts on Apple Music, on Yelp, on Spotify, on TripAdvisor. We're there. Just check us out. Everyone, it has been an honor to do this community rewatch podcast for the past few years, and I hope you'll stick around with us as we wrap it up and move on to the next thing. Steven, what do you have to say as we move onward and upward? Thanks for sticking with us as long as you have. We hope that you hitch your get-alongs to our pick-em-up and ride along with us into whatever the future holds. All right, and for one of the last times, let's do it. Let's start the episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. You just became the secret Dean Force. The Dean Boys. Task Force Dean. His Dean's secret people. I know the word Dean is in it. Because when the politicians fail and the peace talks fall apart, when it seems like all is lost, and nobody really needs the Dean anymore, because Frankie's here, that's when you go in. The last bastion of a bygone era when people respected me. Dean Force. What? If you're gonna hang around, we could use some water. On it. saying it for at least a year they finally did it they threw a goddamn paintball up in there you know this must be what like uh sports fans feel like when they're i'm actually like i'm not a sports fan like sports fans feel like when they're yelling at the tv put carter on the bench yes, let jameson play and then they got paintball on the team throw them out in your courtyard for the game <laughs> i'm sure some game is played in a courtyard i don't know 
Hi, everybody. We're back. Welcome to yet another episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast as we're just funneling down these last couple drippity drip drip drops of community podcasting content. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here with us. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and welcome to my one-woman podcast. Nice. Uh, (laughs) Hi, I'm Steven, and... Go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. It's okay to boo. It means you felt something. <laughs> Kaufman loved booze. Actually, but we, we were did pretty make really hard. On we were pretty hard on this. Do you not have to be a dick? <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Glad you're here. Let's start it off as always by shouting out our ten dollar and up patrons over at Patreon.com. Can I do the shouting thing again this week? Can't I feel like disappoint that'd be podcast. Fun. You'd like to make a comment on everybody as we shout them out. Yeah. All right. We're gonna start it off with. One, our own from the home team, Brandon Brendan Folkemer. Brandon Brendan Folkemer! Oh, so I thought you were going to do something a little more clever than just ear-piercingly nope, murder out. and butcher each of their names. Okay, up next we've got... I want you to have got... a fun editing day, Zach. <laughs> that would be a first. Up next we've got the one, the only, the classic Danny M. Lugo. Danny M. Lugo! She's at the airport right now, getting ready to fly to Mexico. Fly safe, I love you. Well, I hope she's not when this episode comes out a week <laughs> from now, but knowing the, the air air system, it could be <laughs> air system. I'm not a sports fan, and I'm also not somebody who flies. <laughs> Up next, we've got the one, the only, Emmy Azrael. I think uh, they recently changed their last... Well, they changed their, their name Congratulations on, on your nuptials. Or divorce. Let's just respect that their name is what it says it is, okay? We don't have to call attention to everything. We can respect it. Was it a divorce? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Steven, I don't is know there shit. A note? But that we have a patron named Emmy Azrael. Emmy Azrael! <laughs> and we're sorry here. Congratulations and all of that. Well, in, congratulations in, in either way. I think we should congratulate people on divorces because it means that, like. Well, <laughs> I'm with you, and I'd love to know what Emmy what Emmy's take on this is. I agree with you, but I also don't know if the bog standard should be, oh, you're getting a, a divorce, slap on the back. Oh, that's my man, because I'm sure there are still people who are tremendously sad about it. Yeah. But you, uh, I think uh, typically it's not good to be like, if oh, my God, like I'm so sorry. it was like a secret family thing, what did you, what did you and do? you got divorced, yeah. that'd be pretty sad. Yeah. Okay. So up next, without skipping a beat, we've got uh, the one who started it all, Mary Baker Budisa. I almost said, speaking of divorce, uh, Mary Baker Budisa. Well, now you have. Um, <laughs> now we've got the elusive, illustrious, the secretive, mm-hmm. the hushed chorus of Plains Walker Prez. Planes walk up And last but not least, we've got uh, one of the OG listeners, one mm-hmm. of our OG friends that we've made doing Original. this show. The one and only recent birthday bro, Brian Thurman. Happy birthday, Brian Thurman! Like a week and a half ago at this point. And that's cool. all of them. If you'd like to be on that list, you just have to be a patron over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast to get a shout out. It starts at the $10 tier, but just $5 a month gets you all Do you all remember the name of the tiers of the without bonus looking, content that we – do you really want me to say? Yeah. It's like the chicken finger. I'll do a commercial. I'll do a – I'll do a uh, on, yeah, on my feet commercial. It. Five bucks is a chicken finger crime family. Mm-hmm. 
and that gets you like all of the content that we do over there. Ten dollars is Save Garrett, mm-hmm. and that gets you all of the content. It gets you your shout out here, and it gets you a community postcard that mm-hmm. we write. Uh, Twenty five dollars is this is the one that I'm a little bit unsure of. Do you know what it is? It's not the Meow Meow Beans yet, is it? No, that's the fifty that's the one. Fifty. I'm not sure what the $25 one is, and it's because no one's taken it yet. So if you'd yeah. like to, go ahead. $25 gets you all of that stuff. Plus, that's the tier if you want us to plug something on our show. Mm-hmm. That'll we'll get plug. you like a 30-second ad or a plug of whatever you want. People are interested. Twice Zach. a month on our show. Yeah, people I are read interested. The Twitter messages. People are interested, and you could plug that in. You could plug that interest right on into the wall. Stick a fork right on into that Ooh. wall outlet of interest anytime now. And then we would know what the $25 mm-hmm. one is. That bugs me. And then 50 which gets you all of that shit. Oh, also 25 you get to co-host uh, You Can't Disappear show with us. Cool. $50 gets you all of that stuff, and you can pick something for Steven and I to review, whether it's an episode of TV or a movie. We'll do a whole Patreon podcast about it. Did and that's ever the do Carlita's five meow meow way for my mom? Is that what she wanted us to do? She never gave us Formally for a certain submitted. one. I think she was supposed to, and she just never did. We did the Scrubs one, which was great. We did. I would love that to was do super that. fun. And that's the type of thing that if you would like to get us to review something specific, you don't have to stay a $50 patron. That's the type of thing that we'd love if you were one for the month to get us yeah. to review something and then go down to the $5, 10 or $50 here. <laughs> Pick something really weird and gross. What is the $25 one? I may guess. It's Streets Ahead. Is it like? Oh, fun? it's you just told me what it is though. It's like level something laser lotus. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Pierce's Colt one. I don't know if it's level five four. or level four. I think level it's level two. four laser lotus. Well, that was fun. Thanks to all the patrons out there. If you'd like to join us, Patreon.com/slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. Brokeback Bebop is really heating up. We do the pre-show all the time, and we've got a lot of stuff along the horizon, along with our upcoming new main show that we'll have you guys vote on pretty soon uh we'll do something similar on patreon too for what show we will be covering once we finish cowboy bebop Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's a long-winded way to get to just as important of a shout out i've got daddy on my mind today I woke up with daddy on my mind. The alarm's going off. Yeah, that's what it was like when I woke up this morning. uh, My typical uh, uh, morning, wouldn't you like to know what your dad is doing right now? (laughs) (laughs) What is our dad doing right now? Can we look into our our looking glasses that he gave us? Uh, Our Beauty and the Beast style mirrors that show us him whenever we wish? I think... Every time we do one of these shout-outs, Pops' brain gets, like, 0.5% closer to aneurysm. Oh. I think he can just feel a yeah. twinge in his head every time we talk about how we want to, like, you know, like, suck him, he be likes- sucked by him, <laughs> um, eat him, be eaten by him. All uh-huh. the classic daddy-son stuff that we didn't get to do growing up but now that we've joined the family business that our community papa at communities on twitter started nigh all those years ago maybe he'll finally give us our attention now that we are veining interest in the same thing as him 
you know, he doesn't have much time left, so I hope no. he really puts his foot on the gas. No. He's been doing this for years yeah. now, trying and to. And we just haven't get a been hello. sucked yet. Yeah, <laughs> I've yet to be sucked. So thanks, pops. Thanks, <laughs> at communities for everything you do for the community fandom. Don't worry. In a few months, I guess we'll be finally putting this bit to to sleep. I thought we'll you were gonna say, "Don't worry, we're not gonna suck you. We're not gonna show up at <laughs> your house and demand for you to suck us. It's okay." <laughs> No, he should be worried. There is, he should be worried about that. I'm not promising against uh, that. Can someone dox him for us all. so we can? He keeps changing his address. Oh no, I've got it. He's not in the phone book anymore. He, the way that I've solved that problem I, months ago is oh, wow. that his locksmith contact in his phone directs just to one Zach Pruitt Ooh. who has a nice mustache <laughs> that he slips <laughs> right on and I, while blackface he's, with a while, mustache <laughs> while he's drinking a tall glass of brown liquid and watching his stories in the other room I go <laughs> clang 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 and you're all locked up daddy <laughs> Prime for the sucking. Prime. I'm going to stop saying that now. <laughs> Steven, how are you? I'm glad to see you. It's fun to do whatever this is. I sure am happy to be here with you, Zach. Uh, I feel like we were full of energy and love today for each other, and that's good. I'm, I'm ready so? to love on you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm we full of something. We had a great something. time on the pre-show. My phone's ringing. Decline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a great time on the pre-show today, cook, chefing it up. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I... Uh, yeah. Nothing How you doing, say, buddy? Huh? Yeah, nothing to say. I'm good. Anything new in your life? You little dancing boy? You um, been tipping and tapping away? Tipping and tapping, getting ready for a competition in Vegas, uh, I guess, when this comes out this month. Um, that should be fun. Uh, I've been watching a couple of things that I think are noteworthy. I have a question. Yeah. If at a performance, at a competition, what have you, is there ever like a dollar bills on the floor type scenario that could be that could be awoken? Do you have to show a little ankle if someone spots a fiver while you're doing the macucaracha? I mean, on if the somebody floor? tosses me a, a crisp tin, uh-huh. I'll 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 do pretty much five. whatever they want. <laughs> no one's given ten. Well, five's a different tier. Five, you just get toes. <laughs> Do I will wear stop, a take nice, off my uh, shoe and long shoe. Sock. Oh, you do. You stop. You, pl- stop the music, please. Please. <laughs> please. Carefully, essentially, unlace your shoes. Wiggle a couple toes for, for Can me I get some burlesque in the crowd through $10. Yeah. Uh, skip to second track, please. <laughs> anyway, track what are two, you watching? Not Something three. About two. Not three. Yeah, the Wiggles one. That's it. Pump it <laughs> up. Fruit salad. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> As you slowly wiggle and slink your sock off of your foot, which I've heard nothing but how battered and tattered your feet are. So it can't be the nicest sight. <laughs> my curled hey, up toes. I shake his hand and weave my toes between each of his yeah. fingers. If that's what they want, five bucks is five bucks. Daddy's got to eat. Yum, bucks. yum, yum. Yeah. So you've been watching some stuff, (laughs) I heard, uh, through the grapevine. Last night I watched (laughs) King Richard, uh, for which Will Smith uh, got an Oscar uh, just after slapping Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Which Chris Rock's using it in his new stand-up 
thing. Yeah, so. I'm, well, of course he is because it was like a huge cultural event. That's yeah. he was offered to host the Oscars the yeah, the year after no. because of it, and he declined, mm-hmm. uh, which I also respect. Look, I'm glad that we're not talking about it anymore. But I was just kind of reliving the other day just what a crazy thing to watch on live tv as it happened i watched the oscars you do not and should not expect anything like reality tv adjacent like that to happen on the oscars tv music awards it was truly wild i don't have any opinion on it anymore i'm all all more in the camp of it was really fun to watch yeah uh but i don't know it is crazy that was wild it's nuts that that happened um, I, do you think that because they're always trying to get people to watch the Oscars because they're so long and boring? Do you think they're gonna like stage something for next year's Oscars? Like, I hope so. Meryl Streep is gonna throw a cocktail I in Jamie uh, Dinch's face. Don't worry, darling. Related, they're mm. gonna have like Harry Styles like stab Olivia. Eat out Florence uh, yeah. Pugh. <laughs> yeah, right out live on the stage. They're gonna like not win anything, but still all go on the stage and just. F- I would gladly put money on the not winning anything for Don't Worry, Darling. I saw this one person, like, making a video that, like, didn't have to do with it, but they, like, were talking about the movie and said it's the best movie they've ever seen, and I was like, you're a f***ing liar. Look at their profile picture. I promise you it'll have already been a picture of Harry Styles. (laughs) If they're saying that. What were you watching? You were talking. Uh, King Richard. I'm just riffing and raffing today. It was really, really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I like... Uh, kind of what it focused on in the movie. If for those who don't know, it's about uh, the father and youth of Venus and Serena Williams, uh, and how like the adversity they faced, and kind of how they got to where they are, which was really really cool. Um, that was really good. Also, uh, watch the first couple episodes of uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is based on the game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, that famously came out and was not great for a <laughs> lot of people. Um, I played about 10 hours of it before I I deleted it from my computer. Um, but I'm already – I re-downloaded it because they fixed it, and it's a lot better now. And I'm already like five nice. and some change hours into a new playthrough, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit more. Uh, but the show's super cool. It's done by Studio Trigger, who um, have done Kill the Kill. Uh, basically, the same team worked on Gurren Lagann. They did a really cool movie called Promare, and they did a really cool episode of the Star Wars anime that was on Disney+. Plus. I didn't watch that, but I heard good things. It was really cool. I and mean, each episode's its own thing. Was that like Star Wars Visions? Visions, yeah. The first one has one of the best like sword fights I've ever seen in, in media, which is really Star cool. Wars related. I've just started watching after a long time the book of boba fett oh is that good not really it's so boring yeah i have i don't want to watch that it's so boring i haven't even seen season two of the mandalorian and i loved the season one mandalorian's great yeah i want to watch season two and i've heard that there are a couple of episodes of boba fett that are basically just the mandalorian yeah and that those episodes are good but i've watched like the first three episodes and every time we get to the next one i'm like oh okay yeah. Let's get it over with. I want to see Obi-Wan it out. just because. But... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't really have anything else on the docket. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive into a pretty momentous episode of Community? No, I think I think we're, I think we're ready to rock and roll, Zach. Well, then let's do it. Today, we are here to talk about the first of the final three episodes of this show. It's season six, episode 11. It's modern espionage. This episode was directed by... Rob Schrock! Yes, 
Yes, Rob Schraub. He's directed a lot of episodes in the second half of the series. He did Basic Lupine Urology, App Development and Condiments, which is kind of interesting because this episode has a couple of callbacks to that episode. Uh, G.I. Jeff, Basic Sandwich, Ladders, Laws of Robotics and Party Rights, Advanced Safety Features, Grifting 101, and he also directs upcoming the series finale, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television. And it was written Uh, by... Zach, pause button really, really quick. I paused. Uh, Grifting 101... Uh, I remember when the guy that was the actor that you're like, oh, he's in these things. You've probably never seen him. And I was like, isn't he the guy from the later seasons of the IT crowd? He absolutely is the head. He's like their boss the last few seasons of the well, IT Well, I crowd. don't think I disparaged you, you that. Did. I just you said, didn't know Steven, him. you're wrong. I you're probably you're incorrect. You're, You've never seen the If we the had IT the tape crowd. to playback, I would have. I've <laughs> certainly never seen it. But I'm comfortable making a judgment that neither of you. The IT crowd? Yeah. I've seen every episode. Nah. <laughs> I just I just rewatched the penultimate one not but a week ago. This episode is written by and I'm gonna butcher this you guy's bastard last name, Mark Stegman. It's spelled kind of strange. You Mark said Mark Stegman. Right? Thank you. Uh, this was his only writing credit on Community, but he wrote a lot of episodes of Scrubs, and he was like a producer and executive writing consultant or whatever title. He had a bunch of titles for Scrubs, mm-hmm. and he wrote quite a few episodes of Raising Hope and Ooh, of the like recent show Preacher. Do you know about Preacher? Not familiar. Um, it was a show that Seth Rogen's production company did, kind of like mm. an anti-hero comic booky show. I didn't watch it, but I remember hearing about it. In this episode, Modern Espionage or Espionage. That's not how you say that. No. Modern Espionage there we was go. originally aired on Yahoo Screen on May 19th, 2015. You know, Zach, I, I really enjoyed this episode. And we'll talk more about how he felt about it. But I got to give Rob Very Schraub glad to hear some that. credit. Uh, oh, there yeah. There was a moment where I was sitting here watching. And I was like, wow, this episode is really well directed. It is very well directed. And like all of the paintball episodes... The directing is almost as important as the script and anything mm-hmm. else to pulling this all off. They did a great job. Let's get right in to some trivia. At I've trivia. got a whole gaggle of questions for you this week. I've got five for you. I've got like nine. Are you shitting me? Nope. I guess go. <laughs> what is the full title of Vicky's play? Vinny, Vinny, Vicky. Good job. Uh, what does Starburn say is already using the name Silver Ghost? Hmm, either an indie comic or a sucky tequila. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. What ears are on Jeff in the ears have it? Human ears. No. What are they? They're actually like monkey ears, I'm almost positive. I think they're human ears. They're like little human-esque ears, but then it was like brown fur and stuff. I don't think it was human ears. I think it was monkey ears. I think that was Jeff's hair. I think they were human ears. That was not Jeff's we'll hair. It was tape. on the card. We'll check the tape. <laughs> okay. We won't. What names does the dean give his task force? I put in quotations. Like all of them. That is one of my questions, but I didn't write down all of them. I asked about a specific one. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, I know it's like his Dean's Secret Service or something. Dean Majesty's Secret Service. There, there was something like a play on that uh, uh, James Bond when I don't like the face you're making. There was Dean Force One. There was, I don't know, just just end my suffering. Uh, Secret Dean Force. The Dean Boys. Se- Task Force <laughs> Dean. Yeah. His Dean's Secret People. And then yeah. he does say Dean Force One a little bit later. 
Yeah, that I'll skip my question that would have no, been what name does, me about it. What name does the dean settle on for his secret service? What's dean the one Force he one. settles on? Yeah. I'm gonna ask you another one after that though. What is on Meow Meow Beans guy's t shirt? It was cool. Is it an umbrella hat, one of the rainbow ones? No, it was a uh it was like a gold chain like VHS tape necklace. Nice. Neat. That's cool. Uh what are the first two rules of Club Club? That is one of my questions, you got me on that one, uh, that it's not Fight Club and that you must have sex with me. Uh, if you're a hot lady, you have to have okay. sex with the Coogler. Right. Well, I am, so I just you are the Coogler. that part. Fair. Right. Um, okay, my next question for you. What colors of paintball does Coogler offer Abed? Do I have to get like the clever names or can I just give Brian? That's what strokes? I wrote down. There are three. It's but like, if you got the colors, that'd be a good a good. Well, blue, yellow, and green. Uh, yeah. The second one was mellow yellow. The That's third not one it, was like the green meanies. That's right. They explode on contact and leave a paint mark behind. Uh, the first ones were the bastard blue bitches. No, we had the blue travelers, mm-hmm. the sarcastic mellow, mellow yellows, yellows, and the green meanies. Wow, closer than I could have been. Uh, I've got a softball for you. Okay. Uh, what do all the code names have in common? Well, okay, so this is going to be a I, – I don't know. One of my things about the episode, I, I imagine it's that they all played like a spy or something. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I don't know. You're that was wrong. one of my questions in general going into the episode. What is it? They're all – they all played Batman. West Clooney. Who's Kilmer. Belfry? Uh – I'll tell you. Is it Brent? Well, Brent? here, before you do, mm-hmm. my next question was, what are all the Gallo code names? Can you get them all? Uh, Belfry was created in downtown Gotham by Tim Drake to be a headquarters for the Bat family. The Belfry is like the... Interesting. When they have but all then, the But it's shit. someone's code name, and it's not the same as the rest. Well, they ought to do with f***ing Batman. They could have done, like, Kevin Conroy. Sure. Household do, do, name. The, well, no, he is. He's the guy who voiced him on the animated series with one Mark Hamill. Yeah. Well, the, like the classic one. Anyway, can well, you they, get they all said of them? voice of some of the other guy that played mm-hmm. the original one. Not Adam West. Uh, they did say Adam West, though. Uh, they had West, Belfry, uh, Clooney, Kilmer, uh, voice of so and so. You don't know that? I love that guy. Yeah, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Okay. Is that all you got? Um, you skipped a couple. Yeah, that's all I got. You right didn't now. say bail. Oh, they said bail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the first one they said. Um, you, I think, I think Abed was bail. Um, bail. Mm-hmm. Then there's Bad Belfry. Tracks. You said Belfry. Did you say Keaton? I don't think you said Keaton. I said Kilmer. Yeah, that's one of them. But you didn't say Keaton. I didn't Michael say Keaton. Keaton. That was uh, West Kilmer, voice of Diedrich Baker or Diedrich Bader. Bader. Sorry, it's Diedrich Bader. Bader. He's the uh, gay b- best friend on Better Things. Really? He's like a really, really likable character. I really nice. like him a lot. And then Clooney, you said. So that's all of them. Do you have any nice. more questions? I have one more for you. Okay. Uh, which order did the study group get shot in? Oof. It all happens really fast. Yep, but there is an order. <laughs> is it... Well, Chang, if you count Chang. Sure. Is it Britta? No. So it's uh, Elroy? No. Then I don't know. 
Annie gets shot first. A- I thought Annie and Abed get shot at the same time because they go down at the same time. False, friend. It's Annie, then Elroy, then Britta, then Abed. Okay. Then uh, Dean and Jeff get shot simultaneously. Right. Okay. Um, I've got two more questions. I Mine was who shoots who in the final shootout um, when they're supposed to shoot themselves in the foot. Dean shoots Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jeff shoots... Kumal, uh-huh. I don't remember his character's name. Life, life Lapari. Lapari. And then uh, Lapari shoots Dean. Yep. And I have one more question for you. What color were Vicky's mom's eyes? Uh, blue. A pale blue. A very pale shade A of blue. A very pale shade of blue. That's the question for up. the week. <laughs> but I know we've got quite a few in the burner from our fans, our, oh, we got our ever-loving fans. Emails. And I'm very excited to see what they've got for us this week because we've only got a few more weeks of this type of communication with the people left. Well, we've got <laughs> five emails. Uh, first one is... Uh, from our good, good friend, Brandon Folkemer. First time writing into the show, I think. I'm not yeah, sure I I've heard so. of a Brandon before. Yeah. Uh, hey, Brandon, welcome to the pod. He says, Might hey, guys. change that name. Paint ball? <laughs> um, how old does Starburn say he is? 50. Yeah. Um, what name does the Dean settle for on for the group? Dean Force Dean One. Force One. Uh, what's the name of the club Abed infiltrates? Club Club. 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 Um, what and make the sure monorail? if you want, you can sign up for Club Club Club. That'd be great. I'd go. Uh, what did the monorail and buildings at Frankie's Gala represent? It was well, like how they could feel, <laughs> not what it would it actually was like, be. There. It was more uh, the the monorail like represents what they could do, and the buildings will never look like this. Never I forget like exactly what what the yeah. line was. He talks about them, like, feeling that way. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the answers. It was very Epcot. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, like 50 for Starburns. Uh, Dean Force 1, Club Club, and then how students at a cleaner Greendale could feel. Hmm. Okay. Uh, fave funny moment. Uh, either Britton Elroy's encrypted file team up or the Dean's <laughs> giddiness at pairing off with Jeff near the end of the episode. When they're like, cover me. And he's like, finally. Finally. Um, the end tag with Garrett's stand-up is also hilariously dark. No one is safe. No one is safe. Drinks water. Uh, MVP. Jeff. He leads the group and helps save Greendale slash keep Frankie there. P.S. In honor of Allison Brie getting very little to do this season, but she did look, I think, the best she looked all season. Her hair was done. She sure. Was fantastic. Yeah, she looked great. Um, I gave Glow a chance this past week and really enjoyed it. I like Glow. I've only seen the first season. but I've only seen the first season as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's that it got canceled why I didn't go back and keep watching it. Because really? I know that it ends without a proper ending, which is sad. Mm. Very similar to Community. Ensemble cast, group of misfits coming together, and very funny. Thanks, guys. Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Great email. Just emails, like Community, but with more breasts. And that I've been saying this whole time. That just throw a couple titties in there, and I'll be happy. <laughs> throw a couple boobs in yeah. um, All right, we got an email from our good friend, Nicole. Nicole says, hello, Zach and Steven. Long Hi. time, first time. Wow. wow. Uh, I, long time writing in, first time listening. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting to write until I caught up on the podcast. Here we are in time for my favorite paintball episode. 
its high praise. As special as the other episodes are, I always love a school-focused episode, especially mm-hmm. in Season 6. And Modern Espionage does both. Compared to the previous paintball games, this one feels a bit more grounded in reality. Oh, I yeah, I agree. I, sorry for changing your words. Um, I, I told Zach last week I edit a lot. Um, <laughs> part of that might be the that the game doesn't take over the campus. Classes are still going on, and, and the school appears clean. Um, I also love this episode because it focuses a lot on Jeff and Frankie working together. As Jeff has spent this season coming to terms with staying at Greendale, he started to care about the school's future and Frankie's efforts to make it better. Lastly, the Dean got to do so much. He finally got his badass moment after getting destroyed in all the other games. He deserved it. Yeah, that elevator scene mm-hmm. was fucking great. It was awesome. Trivia! What is Vicky's one-woman show called? Bonus points to name the stickers on the shoe- on the suitcase shown in the poster. I, I've got it literally on the screen in front of me. So, uh, so it wouldn't be fair. I know We know it's Vinny, VD, Vicky. Yeah. But I you no don't know what, what the stickers, stickers on the briefcase are, do you? No. I can see them right here. There's three. One says self-respect, one says growth, and one says fulfillment. Nice. Uh, what are the types of balls Cooler offers Abed? Zach yep. already asked Green that meanies, one. blue travelers, and sarcastic mellow yellows. Um, then what color were Vicky's mother's eyes? Very, A very pale, pale shade of blue. Um, answers. Vinny, Vinny, Vicky. <laughs> self-respect, growth, and fulfillment. Uh, brew, blue. Blue Travelers, Mellow Yellows, and Green Meanies. A uh, very pale shade of blue. Favorite funny moments from our good friend, Nicole. Uh, I really love the beginning before the intro with Starburns and Todd. Do you know why I beat you, Todd? Because I don't either. Goodbye forever, Starburns. <laughs> um, that was turns. one of the first yeah. moments that has felt like we're in the last couple episodes. Yeah. Because uh, Todd and Star... We haven't seen Starburns in a while. Mm -mm. And them showing back up to kind of have... They might show up again, at least Todd, before the end of the show. But it felt like we've only got these episodes left. Let's bring in some of those faces that we want to see one more time. Um, Handling turds is rubbed off on him. (laughs) I work with animals, so I use this one, she says. That's great. Um... Lastly, Abed and Annie during the shootout is fantastic. Abed and Annie commit so well to the spy trope, and it's always so much fun to see them act together. When they were, like, face-to-face shooting, that was hot. Uh, (laughs) MVP, Frankie? Jeff? Hope this email isn't too long. I took too many notes. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode. Nick, P.S. Do you still want bones? Nick, send us the bones Please. I don't know how uh, how how our lawyers would feel about us talking to specific people about sending us Nick their asked, specific bones. P.S. Do you still want bones? I don't need Nick's bones, but <laughs> if Nicole wants to send us their their bones, I'm not gonna stop them. Yeah, send us the bones. We'll take Please. the bones. Come on. I. You're not using them. You're not using. Just the flop bones. around. You don't need them. Just sit in the chair. <laughs> Uh, thanks, next, Nicole. Thanks, thanks, good to Nicole. hear from you. Um, our next email is from our good old homie Artie. Hello, uh, Artie says hi, Stephen and Zach. I really enjoyed listening to last week's episode, especially including the British monarchy slander and the brutalization of a British accent. Neither will get old for me. Aw, <laughs> I'm starting to think Artie might be my best friend. Yeah, I think so. Too. I don't think there's anyone in my life who I appreciate hearing from more. Than Artie. I feel the same way, Zach. All right. That's all. Let's replace each other with Artie. I just like Artie. That's all I had to say. Uh, neither will get old for me. I don't appreciate the basic RV repair in palmistry. I, I, I inserted the word the. 
Artie did not do that. I'm going to restart and read it the way Artie intended, out of respect. Not only does Steven edit the emails, he also has to cite his edits. <laughs> well, I'm doing it now so you know. You seemed surprised last week. Um, I don't appreciate basic RV repair in Palm Street as much as you both do, but I love so much about modern espionage and am so happy we're on this episode. Even though it's the third last episode of the whole show, and just typing that makes me a bit sad. This episode, not introduction to finality, made paintball cool again. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is purely a reference to something Abed says, but it feels like I'm making a MAGA parallel, and I hate that. Hey, we know where you stand. We heard it loud and clear, Artie. (laughs) Red hat Artie, at it again. (laughs) Uh, Classic (laughs) proud boy Artie. (laughs) I really enjoy the way the episode paired off some of the characters. Annie and Abed were clearly reveling in their spy thriller character roles throughout the episode. I love the oddball pairing of Britta and Elroy, and their shootout scene in the kitchen looked so well choreographed. Mm -hmm. I even enjoyed Todd and Starburns together. The cold open is probably my favorite of the season, as I love the way they contrasted the action in the parking lot with Vicky's wholesome, sad singing. (laughs) Yeah, this was good. I feel a yawn coming on, but I'm going to keep reading until it, it pops up. Just let it out whenever you need. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for releasing me. Yeah. <laughs> you have freed the curse. Anytime. I'll never have to kill again. Um, I thoroughly appreciate the return of season five guest characters. Kugler is more enjoyable in this episode than the Meow Meow Beans episode. Hard disagree, but it is good to see the Kugler. <laughs> yeah. Even with the racist microaggressions, referring to Abed as Aladdin and Omar, I especially enjoyed Lapati's attempt at profound monologue which ended with him screaming i thought you guys were mannequins what a backfire (laughs) that was so funny Um, i don't know if this was intended to be a direct reference but the end of that scene where lapry jeff and the dean shoot each other reminds me of that one episode in the office where they role play a murder mystery and there's a finger gun mexican standoff there has Mm, been a murder in savannah that's a great episode um uh, yeah, if we're just going to do shows that everybody else has done already, let's do The Office next. I love The Office, Zach. Yeah, but you don't want to host an Office podcast. I would talk no. about how Karen, Karen Filippelli, is the right girl for Jim. Steven and I would get in fights all the time because truly the story of The Office is a progression of Jim's villainy. Pam's, but sure. Yeah, we would get in some fights. We're never going to talk about that show because... I don't know. I'm rolling in my own grave at the thought of yeah. me doing an office podcast. But hey, <laughs> if the patrons ask for it, five bucks a pop, we'll talk <laughs> about any old shit. All they have to do is just get an army of people to subscribe to the 50 and then each pick a, a sequential episode yeah. of The Office. Yeah, let's get, what, dollars <laughs> $50 patrons and they'll each do one. Okay, that there sounds great. Go. I'll do that. I'd love it. Um, I have two sticking points with the episode. The first being that even though I'm a Kumel Nanjiani fan and value Lapari as a character, it seemed like the episode could have taken a slightly different angle and made Jerry the janitor silver balls instead. Yes. Seeing as we've seen firsthand the resentment he feels towards members of the study group for their antics, like in the end tag of the season two finale. His absence in this episode was very noticeable for me. The second sticking point is the end tag with Garrett's stand-up. I've always absolutely hated it, and since my mom passed, Whoa. I skipped the end tag entirely Aww. so that it doesn't ruin the episode for me. Well, I guess I can't take that away from you. Yeah. But I think the way that Garrett Go ahead, is take it away is tr- yeah. Okay, so I get it. Your mom died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, I do get that. But I think Garrett being like, 
I'm this edgelord comedian, no bars held back. Yeah. And, and that's like how he's finally garnered this acceptance from an mm-hmm. audience. And then that it was all just a ploy for Garrett and Vicky to do a show together. I think it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And also, Vicky's mom isn't dead. That should make you happy, right? At the end of the episode, at the end of it. Yeah, at least Vicky's got hers. Is yeah, that you're saying? Maybe, is, is, is that why it's so hard to watch? Because Vicky's mom is alive? Yeah. Who are we? T- we're talking to Artie, right? Yeah. I'm glad I started this with how much I liked her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I almost considered making the Dean my MVP for the episode as he became an accidental badass in the last act of the episode during mm-hmm. the elevator scene, which, correct me if I'm wrong, pays homage to Captain America. I only know that because of the meme where Captain America tells a terrible joke in an elevator. That's completely true. That sequence is directly pulled from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which nice. uh, they were referencing the directors of that film, the Russo brothers. Cool. Um, and when he confronts Lapari at the gala, uh, talking about the Dean uh, being a badass. Uh, but my episode MVP has to go to Jeff. His approach to the entire episode and consideration of Frankie showed so much maturity and growth. And yes, seeing him slide across the table, even take out a few snipers, was very cool. Even if he did ruin it slightly by saying, I can't help being a badass, which I guess is consistent with old Jeff. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I always do. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, Artie. Thank you so much, Artie. Thanks, Artie. Uh, Our next one is from our friend, the man, the myth, the legend... Jeffrey Malone, star of JeffreyMalone.com, <laughs> JMoneyKnowsTheBusiness.biz, uh, Industries.net, JMLMMalone.com. <laughs> J- yeah, I, I feel J- like dollar before sign we, on Twitter. Before we read Jeffrey Malone's email, I feel like we. Uh, I I don't know. We were quite rough on him last week. <laughs> yeah. Um. And just the fact that he's shown back up to our program with an email speaks a lot. I think his hazing is complete. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see I, to be fair, it took Brandon months to get to this point, and yeah. we've Jury's shat on Brandon out. constantly. <laughs> on Brandon. Yeah. Uh. Hey Zach and Steven, here's my review of Modern Espionage. All I want to do is dance. Uh, trivia. What? Fill in the... That's his review. All he wants to do is dance. Is there some good music this episode? I don't... Not really. There's not a lot of music in the Maybe episode. Maybe seeing, like, Annie and Abed dance inspired him? Okay. I'm really trying to give this to you, Jeff, but that's a pretty bullshit nothing review. That doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. I Jeffrey. thought you were a writer slash editor, yeah. Jeffrey Malone. I'm If that was a post right on your blog... I would be unsubscribing very quickly. <laughs> is that how blogs work? Do you, do you like subscribe and unsubscribe? I don't, don't think you just anybody ever knew how blogs work. Isn't it work? just a word document? It was document, just the but only like... thing the internet could do at the time. <laughs> I'm going to write these words. Uh, trivia. Fill in this Jeff Winger quote. Do I use blank to navigate? Do I use echolocation? Nice. To navigate. Uh, episode MVP. Definitely Why would you Jeff ask that after we already said charge. you're not a bat? <laughs> uh, favorite funny moment, the return of Kugler. And then there's a part du to this email. P.S. While reading it. Ah, uh, fuck. It's okay. Fuck, fuck. Let me did, try did again. He, did he say that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was an edit. Uh, P.S. While listening to your basic RV repair episode, I realized I should have clarified that that was my first time contacting you guys through email. I didn't mean to denigrate any Twitter interactions. That's what he took away from what we said last time? <laughs> All right. Give this guy a call. It. <laughs> yeah, let's give him a call right now. Oh, what if that was the number calling me? I, I would was... like confirmation from Jeffrey Malone that we're allowed to call him on the air at any point. Yeah. That would mean a lot to me because we will. It's in the in the user license agreement, but yeah. not sure everybody reads that. The print is, is that all the emails? Fun. Did we do it? Uh, no. We've got one mo 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 mo. Okay. What well, we got? Knocking at the do. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't have. Oh, sorry. This one is from the OG, the the first person to interview us, Brian Thurman. Uh, that interview will never grace the listening <laughs> airwaves. Didn't somebody though. edit it though? I think she told us that she still has it, and we could edit it if we wanted to. Ah. I'm not going to edit my own interview, <laughs> beloved patron. What's Brian got? Uh, I don't have time to rewatch the episode before you start, but I wanted to make sure and write before I forget and you get done with the series. Aww. You guys have been so amazing to listen to the past couple of years, and I'm sad to see the community portion of your pod ending. Until we get a movie, at least. I'm looking forward to whatever you do next. My vote is for The Good Place. And hope you have a fantastic week. I will try my best to write in for the finale. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. Brian Thurman. Brian, that's so thoughtful and nice. We love you a lot, Brian. And I certainly hope that whatever we do next, that you make the jump with us. Because yeah. it wouldn't quite feel the same without her, would it? It wouldn't. Not at all. No. So thanks for the email. Wow, one of the OGs. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Uh, nothing from our dad this week. Nope. Just like every birthday and major holiday. On vacation in Florida without us again. God. <sighs> I bet he took his... his his son. <laughs> I'd also like to take uh, what Brian said about hopefully she gets to write in for the finale. At the time of this current episode being released, that's the last episode that we still need emails for. So if you're listening to this right now, well, actually, I guess we'd be recording it. So never mind. Well, yeah, no, you're right. You can get fuck? us. E no, what they can the hell? They can email email us for the finale. Your trivia episode MVP, favorite funny moments from emotional consequences of broadcast television. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Get them into us at can't disappoint podcast. Did you ever ask for emails for the wedding episode that's next? We, but that by the time we record it, that's what I was. Not if they listen at midnight. Okay, so in the nine hours that they have, yes. What about a patron? Podcast at gmail.com. Get those emails in. And keep an eye on our social media because we will be soon reaching out on how you, yes, you listening, Grandma, Grandpa, Jerome, I see you on your couch, will be hey, saying Jerome. how you can be a part of what we'll be doing for the last couple months of this show after we finish Community in a few weeks. hey all right, Steven, let's move right into our next segment, and that's all on you. The spotlight shines on one Steven Allen, right? Allen yeah, Baker. Birthday. February. Why? Why do you keep thinking it's February? 32nd. 
And you have, but speaking of 32nd, you have 30 seconds. No, you don't. You have 20 I was gonna seconds be so excited. on I was the like, clock Ooh. to find out everyone for one of the last times for a community episode. We're going to see, did Steven watch the episode did this Steven watch week? the episode this week? <laughs> it has been to have this be a part of our weekly community coverage how are you yeah. feeling about this incarnation today i don't know whether i want to be funny or try and get a good score well why would you start trying to be funny now <laughs> <laughs> that went right from laugh to clap to dead eye stare <laughs> into my soul uh the clock's set up are you ready my friend we'll find i guess out. i have to pee so this is the perfect time to do this it's going to give put, give me an edge. I'll just have water running the whole time. <laughs> All right, everyone. We're going to find out microphone. if Steven watched the episode in three, two, one, go. Jeff Winger is not playing paintball, but everyone else is secretly, and Frankie's going to expel him if they don't get the good score. Um, but there's a silver baller around from community City College, and he's trying to take everyone out. Who is it? It's a whodunit, but it was the janitors all along. And, but they took him out. But guess what? There is no money for anyone because they all took themselves out. Frankie's not going to fire them. That was bad. That was really bad. What did I miss? Frankie wants them to get a good score. <laughs> I don't think I said that. You absolutely. You said Frankie wants what? I don't think that was. I don't think that was a good. I don't think uh, I said Frankie wants them to get a good score. That you absolutely. Then what did you say? <laughs> Why would I have said that? That's what I'm saying. There, there is a score, but I didn't remember that part of the episode. <laughs> uh, C minus. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you like the Jeff Wing? No, I didn't because Goldfinger. What did Goldfinger, it's a James Bond. Literally one of the, not that you would know this, but literally one of the first things that Dan Harmon says on the commentary for this episode is we tried really hard to make this as far from a James Bond episode as possible. Then why the f*** do they have the intro with the bullet? You're right, they do have that thing. What It's not like the same as, uh, you know, like the shadow of James sure. Bond and stuff. Should have been. D+. plus. I edged you down. <laughs> Ooh, just like normal. D plus. I got you edged and primed. And uh, Let's move right on to our He's... next segment. We're going to talk about our favorite funny moments from modern espionage. Steven, I've got a list. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, favorite funny moments. Uh, I'll start. Uh, <laughs> I'm Theater is dead. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, was it Starburns who said mm -hmm. that? <laughs> My first one is when Todd and, and and Starburns are in the parking garage and Todd does like his like trick jump yeah thing. I thought it made me laugh really hard because it's Todd. Um, maybe my hardest laugh of the whole episode was when Jeff walks in and is like, apparently there's a secret paintball game happening, and Elroy goes paint ball, <laughs> <laughs> and then. But it's even funnier because he said he knows about it at the time. Yeah. Because then later on they're all shooting each other and he's like, What is paintball? And they're like, <laughs> Shut up. 
Um, I wrote down Chang pulling a gun and instantly getting shot a bunch of times and him crying as he runs away. They killed me. <laughs> I had that one, too. That was really it funny. It made me sad he wasn't in more of the episode, but it was a good Chang moment to start yeah. off the episode. I think you, you pointed out, uh, might have been even last time, that excuse me, that they probably didn't have a lot of Kin Jong availability, mm-hmm. so they just fit him in where they could, and I think it's great. Um, let's see. Uh, Desperate Deans crashes through things. De- Desperate Deans crashes through more stuff. Huh. Desperate uh, Deans call for Dean Sprit measures. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Starburns line. I don't know anything about No Secret Paintball. This is from Huffing Paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Starburns. Um, I love Club Club, and I love Coogler. <laughs> I've got uh, a little bit later in the same scene with the Dean when he's... Like, uh, trying to talk about why their mission is important, but then it just falls into, and and nobody really needs the Dean anymore because (laughs) Frankie's here. (laughs) I thought that whole, like, scene at the computers was pretty funny. Yeah. You got any more? The next thing I've got was uh, when Jeff shot the man with, like, the walkers who had, like, his ability. Jesus Christ. That, you said there was going to be a scene with Mm -hmm. Jeff that caught me off guard. I laughed so hard. The first time I saw this episode, it doesn't catch me the same way now, I noticed watching it, but I didn't expect it at all watching it the first time, and it made me laugh really hard. And this is the type of episode that uses Jeff's bad tendencies in a good way without ever making the character truly unlikable in, like, what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really great Jeff moment. Well, and I'm going to give benefit of the doubt and say this was intentional a fucking brilliant big brain move everyone has the very colorful handguns because a spy thing except in the scene right before this the head chef has a long metal attachment mm-hmm. on his so then we think and todd in the beginning has like an assault rifle sure kind of thing mm-hmm. but that long metal and they did a great job of shooting it so that that whole time he was lifting that it looked like that like that was so well done and it's cool going back and watching it after you already know because it's also very clear it's a crutch way yeah, before Jeff sure. shoots him. Sure, it's attached to his. <laughs> um, my next thing I got it's a Kugler line when he's talking about one of the paintballs and he says they explode on contact and mark your target with paint. Hobbit's <laughs> yeah. like that. You literally that just is what paintball. Pa- ah, so you know your stuff. I'll give you the pro <laughs> discount. <laughs> Hilarious. Um. The supply closet, like, oh, well, they're janitors. They think the, su- the supply closet is actually a location, and they laughed. I like, that was oh, funny. wait, this is a whole museum. Yeah. Um, this is Annie talking to Kugler when she stops him in the hallway, and she's like, who is Silver Man? Because <laughs> she doesn't like silver balls. And yeah. Like, oh, my accountant, David? <laughs> David Silverman. <laughs> this is just like a Jewish guy's last name. It's a really funny joke. And they said on the commentary that Mitch Hurwitz ad-libbed that, and I think it's really nice. funny. Have you seen the, uh, the the popular video of the Miami Boys Choir right now? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it's top tier. It's these little Jewish kids, and they're like singing this song in Hebrew. Shit f***ing slaps. Uh, look it up. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you guys were mannequins. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I've got... When... Uh, uh, Lapari is giving his speech and Abed's heckling him about M Night Shyamalan. Just that he's like, "Who's heckling me?" And then Abed puts up his hand and like smiles really adorably. Made me laugh. Um, I the last one I wrote down was the whole Garrett stand up mm-hmm. part of that was so funny. Got 
two last things. The the baby thing really makes me laugh. The wah, how they all wah. say wah in unison, and then what? Uh, Jeff likes trucks. He saw a fire truck today. Annie wants to know how to say paschetti. And uh, Chang wants to go to the park, or wants to go Elroy to the Elroy made a stinky. Elroy, I made a stinky. He says that so well. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing is part of the Garrett thing. Just the episode ends with him saying, you don't have to be dicks. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was uh, that was a funny, funny end tag. <laughs> okay, we're like an hour into the podcast or something. Let's talk about this episode. We both really like it, right? Yeah. Zach, I'm going to go out on a limb. Favorite episode of the season so far. And what is it about it? Do you think it's because it gives you some throwback to OG community episode vibes? Absolutely. Or you think that's what it is that it kind of it felt like a you know season three episode, season two. You know, I thought it was really good. I thought it was funny throughout. I think all the characters have enough to do, but it's not like super centered on just one person. Um, the dean was hilarious. I thought that the they actually like fully committed everybody. It wasn't like. I feel like some of the homage episodes that have happened recently, um, especially this season, have been like really half-assed and like they almost committed to an idea, but not fully. I agree. But this, they went full in. They yeah. had a fucking like, you know, people are in tuxes and things. They had the cool costumes. The I think action the, is a lot different. It's not a lot about like you asking me the order that the people get shot in in this episode. It's a lot less about that, like the competition aspect yeah. of it. Because it's a lot more of, like, big shootout scenes, like, in an action movie. Which well, I and I love that cool. when everyone gets shot in this episode, they, like, drop to the ground like they're dead. Whereas other seasons, it's more like, ow, I'm out. Okay, yeah. and they walk away. Like, this one was a little more, like, it felt more intense. That scene in the elevator with the Dean was mm -hmm. so cool. See, I really like this episode. And now I'm coming back to it, both remembering it as one of the late series highlights. But also, okay, so today I come back to it. And now I really hold it close to how does it hold up to, like, classic community episodes. And I do think there are some holes in this episode. I think there's some holes in the story. I think there's a little bit of a lack of urgency on, like, the why of everything that's happening mm -hmm. a little bit. But there are a lot more things that I like about the episode. It both, like, does new things with the paintball idea and takes you right back to remembering why this show is so special and why it can yeah. pull off things like this in, in the way a sh no other show really has or can. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a, a great kind of victory lap episode for the show as it's starting to be on its way out. Um, we've talked a lot recently uh, from on Brokeback Bebop, which we just recently talking about the original run of Cowboy Bebop. We finished mm -hmm. it and talked a lot about in the last couple episodes of if it felt like it was ramping up to an ending or if it just felt like more episodic adventures. How are yeah. you feeling? You hadn't seen this episode before, right? I have not. We're in the territory where I've never seen. So I... I didn't get, like, a huge, like, everything's ending feeling from this episode at all. Nope. It felt like things are just continuing on, you know? But I, I like that. I don't oh, want yeah. four episodes of, well, gang, this could be the end uh -huh. again. Because they yeah. always do that, yeah. and I don't like it. So, you know, they're not going to die after the last episode, unless that's how it all ends. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But, <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> there's the scene, like, in Toy Story 3, where the study group is in a trash incinerator holding yeah. hands. Aww. Let's dive into the episode and talk about what makes it so special. I love the concept of Vicky's one-woman show. Yeah. I love little bits like this, and I don't know. It's just such a bizarre idea that they take it 
really far. You, we see a lot of her show, both her performing it and then the song that we hear over the Much more of the up. show than you would think that we would be seeing, but I like it. I think it's funny. So Vicky's performing her show. She's singing the hell out of her song about how Vicky she is. Starburns is not feeling it. All of a sudden, he's like the toughest theater critic in town. <laughs> and he makes a very dramatic exit in the middle of the performance. Which well, you is... know, Vicky and I have our beef, but I thought the vocals were pretty okay. This is one of the better Vicky episodes, you've got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's talk about this opening scene between Starburns and... and why am I for Todd? Todd. And, yeah, yeah, okay. I remember Todd. David Nair. I'm a real Todd fanatic. Todd from Basic Lupine Neurology. So we've got this scene between Todd and Starburns, and Vicky's ballad that she's performing is kind of the. I don't know. It almost reminds me a little bit of the scene in the Ass Crack Bandit episode where Shirley's children are singing yeah. Creep. It has a lot of those vibes. And and what's happening here, uh, we're, we're learning about the secret paintball game, kind of. It's yet another in the classic line of we drop into these paintball episodes. Usually, like in the first one, it's like Garrett and Neil are in the beginning of the episode yeah. that kind of tell Jeff, like, this is still happening. This is still going on. This is kind of our moment that drops us into there's an underground paintball game going mm-hmm. on and uh, not quite explaining why yet. What do you think about Todd's creepy vibe here? I like it. Todd's got the reflective shades at night. That just shows his badassery. The way that Starburns is like, look, you don't have to... I forget what he says, but you don't have to you creep around. You don't have to creep around. You're you're weird at a picnic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's a nice little action scene between the two of them as they they try to shoot each other. Uh, something I learned from the commentary, which of course makes a lot of sense at this point. Pretty much all of the paint action we see is CG. Yeah. So that's. You can, I think there's only one scene where you can super tell splatters on clothes, splatters on walls. It's all CG, yeah. and there are moments where you can tell, but. You, for the this most show part, it looks good. Didn't, this isn't the type of show that needs to have really good CG. And for the most part, yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah. Vicky's ballad is just so great. Oh, the Vicky, sweet Vicky, I won't be home tonight. Because they're trying to shoot each other. It's really <laughs> funny. It's really nice that they did bring Starburns back for this moment. I. When's the last time we... Well, I guess the last thing we saw of Starburns was him getting blamed for the ass crack bandit yeah. thing. But then he got out of it and was let free, and he was like partying with everyone to Dave Matthews Band mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Bow, bow, Have we bow, seen bow. any Starburns at all in season bow, six? Bow. I don't think so. Todd's jump flip that he does. <laughs> just as Starburns gets away by putting his hat on a cone and then taking Todd out. Classic. Really impressive for an old man who's done his fair share of meth. <laughs> that was insane. I'm 50 here. And he Starburns is starting to look it, too. Here's something that was a problem for me. Yeah. I didn't remember in the episode what character was Silver Balls. It is so clearly Kumail Nanjiani's voice. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up on that at all? Yeah. When he, he's like, I hope you like Silver. And if you know Kumail Nanjiani at all... You're going to recognize his voice. Well, it's also the the Law and Order rule, Zach. Whoever the guest star is is probably the killer. Well, that's true, but it kind of works a little better in this episode because at least we've seen this character before. Yeah. 
But I just think it would have done a lot better if they didn't have him say something here. There was sure. just like shadowy figure who who shoots and you see the silver splatter and then we learn later about the lore of this character. Yeah. But that's not a big deal. You know, these episodes that's one of the things, honestly, though, that I think puts this episode like higher than most of season six, but mm-hmm. lower than the best of community yeah. is because in season one and two paintball episodes, if they want it to be, well, who's Silver Balls, they, they would not have... have given it away in any way until they mm-hmm. want us to know. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. But on the other hand, uh, it's been a while since we've gotten a a fully different opening theme song sequence, and I yeah. think the one here is great. I think it's super cool. I love seeing all of the breakdown. I almost ask questions about the different parts and pieces that are uh, diagrammed out of the paintball guns. That. Right. But I just think it's so neat. And then at the end when it turns into the, like that's the really cool grid design version of the created by Dan Harmon page, really, really neat. Good work as always whenever they do something like that. Mm-hmm. So I really like the idea behind this episode. Isn't that there's another, well, there is another school-wide game of paintball, but the focus here is that we're not allowed to do paintball anymore. Yeah. And it's like an underground paintball game. I think that level adds a lot of intrigue and, and makes this episode stand out as its own thing because there there's as much a, a force fighting against the paintball game mm-hmm. as it is just like following the paintball game. Uh, I think Frankie fits into this episode really, really well. I think this is a great Frankie episode. So Frankie is is questioning Starburns about this, but Starburns isn't giving him isn't giving Frankie anything. And I like how all Frankie has to do is tell the security guard and look at Starburns and say, "Starburns, goodbye forever." And well, they no, drag him away. No, she doesn't say uh, Starburn. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Goodbye well, forever, Starburns. Like looks at security guard and they take him away. Well, but I, I I forgot to write my funny moments that the only reason that Starburns tells her anything was because she actually said his name. His name is Alex. Like, oh, whoa, you didn't or tell me Starburns. you knew my name. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. I also like how literally Frankie says goodbye forever, Starburns. He gets dragged away. We will not ever see him again. Yeah, He that's is the goodbye end. forever at this point. And the dean just kind of goes, oh, Frankie, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what they're doing to Starburns after this? Ooh. Here's the problem here. Um, Frankie doesn't want the paintball game. She wants to find more information. She wants to put a stop to it. And the dean is kind of being aloof when it comes to giving her any help as, as usual. And Frankie wants to enlist Jeff, who comes into this. Uh, and I really like his introduction in this episode when Frankie's like, I have a message for your paintball friends, Jeff. And <laughs> Jeff's like, good morning. <laughs> Uh, Frankie's trying to explain to Jeff that that era of craziness in Greendale's history is over. That's one of the few things that has been a satisfying concurrent thread of this season. Uh, really, Frankie trying to better Greendale and and yeah. having some 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 uh, uh, talent at it, having some success at it. And here in a second, she's going to propose that Jeff kind of be the face of a new anti-paintball Greendale, where he can kind of be the leader and tell everyone that that's not what we do anymore. Uh, meanwhile, Lapari shows up, and uh, we get our introduction to Kumail Nanjiani in this episode, who I think really stands out in this episode. Yeah. He gets a lot more to do on the show than he ever has before, and I think he does it all really well. I also really like the idea of going further in this episode with the concept from previous episodes of how f- 
shocked the custodians are whenever yeah. they do paintball because it's awful. They trash the entire school, and then the custodians are expected to clean it up by Just the next day's it. classes. Yeah. But little do we know that Lapari is very much a force to be reckoned with in this paintball bum, game, bum, bum. not just someone who has disdain at the idea of it. So Jeff is thinking about this proposal that Frankie gives him to to give a speech against against paintball. Jeff has trouble agreeing to it because the paintball's behind him, but he doesn't also want to be the jerk that tells everybody that they can't do something anymore. Uh, so he leaves to ponder on that as he goes to the study room. And my God, I think that this sequence in the study room here is so good. Yeah. I, I must point out, though, Zach, uh, in that outside scene with Frankie, yeah. whoever did Jeff's make- makeup should be fired. His face was f***ing orange and his neck was white as snow. You got to color match, people. I noticed a couple. I think in some certain scenes in this episode, they put too much makeup on Paget as well. Mm-hmm. Really oversaturated. I, I That one, I didn't notice that one quite as much, maybe because I was lost in her powerful yet beautiful eyes. Um but yeah, see that's Jeff, that's Jeff why I didn't notice Joel. <laughs> no, I think that this op- I think this so in this season there's been a lot less focus on the power of the group at the yeah. table. We get moments of it, it's not as much of a big deal. This episode I think does a tremendous job of bringing us back into the situation, having all the characters bouncing off of each other in the study room at the study table, trying to hide that they all have guns, keeping having standoffs with each other. I think this whole scene from start to finish is great, classic study room, study group community. Yeah, it is. So good. It starts with Jeff explaining to them the, the paintball situation. Jeff doesn't know that everyone else at the table is already in on it and he brings it up and they start to discuss it i really like the idea that i don't know these characters have grown up so they see that they've outgrown paintball and that they still have games without this group of people and that it's kind Mm -hmm. of like an underclassman thing we're a little bit above that i think that's kind of a cool dynamic change in in the show i think so too I really like Britta's joke about, well, I, re- I won it for a few times, right? Really? <laughs> no? Who, who's paying attention anyway? <laughs> I really like Jeff in this episode because I think he does kind of see Frankie's point and does kind of want to yeah. help in both sides. He he wants to be the cool espionage paintball guy, and he also loves Frankie at this point and wants to help her with what she's doing. Yeah, totally. So they all agree, no paintball. This is great. I'm glad we all agree not to do this, Chang says, <laughs> as he gets up for a sneak attack, but he doesn't even have a chance to shoot one paintball. All of those shots looked very digitally manipulated. Yeah, they did. But, uh, yeah, they, they all shoot they Chang at once. They killed me. It's a really funny reveal of, of course, they all are in on this. Of course, they all have a gun, uh, and Jeff is the only one, as usual, who didn't know about it going into it. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. And this is from where this scene really takes off. It's it's back to that intense community paintball. Like, all of a sudden, it does feel like there's stakes. It feels like if these characters get shot, it actually means something. Yeah. And as they start to, like, ward off people and close the study room to themselves, as it just feels like there's more weight to it than just a silly game of paintball. Just like they always have no problem of, of making that happen. Yeah, and I like getting dropped in before you know, like, if there's a prize, what the prize is, all that. Like, we're just, like, we're playing paintball. It kind of doesn't really even matter that much. No, it doesn't. 
My gosh. I really like Jeff's struggle with the guy in the beanie who comes yeah. in when he like grabs his arm and twists it around so he shoots himself. Good moment. Grow up. Closes the door. <laughs> and here we have a standoff. Jeff isn't playing, but he just took a bunch of guys out, and now he has the group hostile against him. I'm even glad that, like, we revisit the idea of the group all against each other pointing guns mm -hmm. in a standoff, but that's not really the point either. We don't keep exactly. going with that too long. I think it's really funny, the guy with the paint running through <laughs> the school, Jeff Winger shot me as they're trying to keep it really secret that they're playing or not playing. It's very classic sitcom Okay, let's look at Jeff's ears. It looks like just an ear on a black card, Chief. No, no, there's the white in the corner. That's the top of the head and like the shoulder of a monkey, I think. Why the hell would the shoulder and the and the be on top of the ear? So you can no 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 the shoulder is like below the ear and you uh, can see like his I'm torso what kind perspective of you're saying you can see his torso kind of and then his head yeah but look at all the other cards can you see a fucking torso and head well the rest of them are like nope. rhinos and stuff because They're just they have no Stephen they have to have the torso and head so you fucking know it's a monkey and not a goddamn person Zach inconclusive. No, it's so conclusive. Mm -mm. Up for interpretation. It's like the end of Inception. I think that uh, this whole sitcom shenanigans of clean up the room, have the board game out by the time the boss comes in, and as soon as she leaves, they all pull the guns right back out. It's yeah. a pretty easy sitcom setup, but it works. It's funny. I really like – she's like, so you guys aren't playing paintball? And Abed just, like, gestures around with his hands <laughs> like, paintball, where? A well is a hole in the ground when you're thirsty. Also, thanks for showing me the cool new way to respond to somebody saying well. Yeah, they totally just gaslight Frankie out of the room. Yeah. Bye, Franks. I love Frankie. Yeah, Frankie's great. One of the best parts of the season, for sure. Mm -hmm. As soon as she leaves the room, they're all right back to guns pointed at each other. Uh, and this is where Abed says, okay, come with me. It's time for the exposition. <laughs> and he takes them into a supply room and shows them that the game is a little different this year. It's being this is a really cool idea, and I don't think they did enough with it. This idea no. that the game is being run underground, so it's kept a secret from the faculty, but there is still a cash prize that is being offered by whoever's running this, and it's all like on a dark web leaderboard video game yeah. type thing. I think it's a really cool idea that I would have loved to see have a lot more to do with the episode. Mm-hmm. Me too. I kind of wish that they came back to it. We're talking about silver balls. He's, what is it? I, you know, there's certain things about the the why of of parts of this episode mm -hmm. that I kind of lose track of. Is it supposed to be that City College is running the game, or is it supposed to be that whoever Silver Balls is is running the game? I think City College is running the game, but they hired Silver Balls to win. Okay. But I don't really understand the reasoning for this one. So I know, usually like... all we needed was like a, a condescending scene of like the city college dean uh, hiring Lapari or like talking about his evil plan. Like all yeah, the other episodes. Yeah, like I want to send the school into chaos so that we can do this, you know. Right. But... That's one of the few things that puts this episode below the others is that it's not 100% all thought out, but yeah. what they have here is great. They're talking about Silver Balls, who seems to be this assassin in the paintball game that's just taking people out left and right and using his trademark silver bullets to take people out. 
And just as they're kind of talking about him and their strategy, they're interrupted by the dean who is looking to put a team together. And the way he stumbles through his his practiced opening line is so funny. Do you think he was just standing in the corner waiting for them to come Absolutely. in Absolutely. Like, Hand like, I know right on the lamp waiting point. to flick it on at the right moment. <laughs> Stepping over and into the trash can. It's so funny. <laughs> Desperate deans call for dean spirit measures. <laughs> And it's so funny to me that he's like, from here on out, you guys work for me. Everyone takes a beat, then goes right <laughs> back into the conversation they were all having with each other. They're all discussing what they should do. Jeff says we should just tell Frankie and call it all off. Abed says we're already in a shitty situation as it is. We could all play for ourselves, and we could expose Silver Balls. We could expose City College, and we could get some money. Uh, it's a hard decision to make. But the dean really wants to be a part of it, and they're not <laughs> letting him. Here's a name you don't have to vote on. Because the dean doesn't really have a plan or have, like, all he wants is to not let Frankie, he wants to take, like, some of his power back from Frankie. Yeah. So, I don't know. He thinks that Greendale should stay weird and dirty because normal Greendale doesn't respect the dean. They don't <laughs> need him because Frankie's here. The yeah. The speech here is really funny. I It's become really funny in this season, all the moments where the dean, like, goes into tears. It was really funny in last week's episode, and it's really funny here, too. Yeah. He puts his hand in for the Dean Force One to all gather together, and they're like, yeah, can you get us some water? <laughs> <laughs> now we're in the segment of the episode where Abed goes to Club Club. It's like a, a school club that celebrates club lifestyle. Club, well, it's, club. it's a club, you know, you know, it's be like math club or chess club, but... But it's the club club, so you learn how to club, you practice club, and you get to club on your club time, you know what I mean? Uh, clubbing. Clubbing. So Abed's here to learn about a arms dealer, basically. There's always an arms dealer scene, often in a rave yeah. in action movies. And uh, we very quickly learned that Fun Dad, the guy that we're looking for, is <laughs> very clearly Coogler, who is very... Oh, uh, welcome to see a return of Coogler in this episode, along with Steve A.G. from the Meow Meow Beans episode showing up in the background. Uh, a little fun tidbit from the commentary was, so Coogler wasn't originally supposed to be in this episode, mm. and Steve A.G. was there because he was really good friends with Elliot Page, mm-hmm. who was going to play the arms dealer in this episode at the time. Really? But then Elliot had to drop out, so last second they got Mitch Hurwitz to come back and they rewrote it to be a Coogler thing, and wow. Steve Ag still hung out in the background of the episode because he had helped him out. That's a pretty big star to be in this. Well, it was just kind of a... Elliot was friends with Steve Ag. Do you want to come show up for a day mm. to be in this silly internet TV show? I see. And at first it was a yes, and then Elliot was like, yeah, I'm in... I'm in Inception and stuff. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, I could win like an Oscar maybe. <laughs> so I'm not gonna show up to that. But I'm glad it's Coogler because this section of the episode, and really this episode in general, it gives it a, a strong season five vibe. I feel you mentioned like season three or two, but I think this episode feels like it would have belonged right in hand uh, with anything I think in season five. You would have belonged right in hand with a nice bottle of vitamin water. I'm currently sipping on the triple X. Zero sugar variety. Mm. It's really funny. Abed walks up to Coogler. I think it's funny when Coogler calls him Aladdin. I don't think it's funny when he calls him Omar, but at least Aladdin has some of the same letters. That's fair. And then the You're way that... You're not brown, Zach. He's like, Coogler, Aladdin. And then the girl's <laughs> like, I thought you were fun, Dad. And Abed's like, that was easy. <laughs> they just already know. You a narc? 
nobody who has ever been asked that question responds with yes. <laughs> you have to tell me. You have to tell. Zach, are you a cop? Yes. But what if you're lying? I'm not. You are under arrest. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Look, in Coogler's first episode, I think the character's absolutely hilarious. In this episode, they just hammer in the rapey jokes too much, and he doesn't really say yeah. anything else that's funny. But it makes me happy to see him, and I think Mitch Hurwitz delivers all of his stuff really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, he... I. I it, I almost feel like we're tarnishing the legacy because the first episode with Coogler had that awesome like movie trailer at the end yeah. of the episode. I think Coogler could have stayed an anomaly. I'm not mad to see him again, but I think he maybe would have worked better as just a one-time character. I was happy to see Coogler. I just don't think and that Coogler did a good and, job. You know, it's probably because they didn't write this episode originally to have Coogler in it. So mm-hmm. they kind of came up with some quick and easy rape jokes and put them into the episode, right? Are they rapey jokes? Uh, if you join the club, you have to have sex with me, but I'm not allowed That's to fair. call it a rule. That was my bad. That's if fair. you're playing, I do accept sex for ammo. It's just a little bit like the same easy. joke over and over again, whereas That's he had fair. some other... Like, I'll always remember well, in his first episode... Because the sex episode, for ammo is a transaction. So if anything, he's pimping himself out. Steven, I think you might want to work on your definition for what constitutes as rape. Uh, yeah, I don't think the trading sex for ammo is, is it? It depends on, it It still comes off as coercing sex out of someone. Okay. It depends on if the other person is, like, putting those things down. But for anyone well, to Zach, say, here's like, why I'm to get what, to about get what this. you need out I of I went me. to your house. I wrote yeah. you a note that said, open me, open me, open me. And, and inside the note said, hey, uh, looking for a bowl of sugar. And you said, well, I'm looking for a bowl, <laughs> for a bowl of that ass. Uh-huh. And... I think you're proving my point. Because <laughs> I don't remember a moment of the rest of that night. <laughs> oh, we, we we had some fun. Well, that's our cap on the rape material yeah. for the episode. Uh, Annie we shoots, hit our quota. Annie takes Coogler out. Mm-hmm. Well, does she? Or is it Well, she's about balls. to win sil- silver balls. It's silver balls. balls. You're right. It is silver it's balls. Paintball time at Green Day. And I love the idea of trying to hide this. That they shoot after him, and there was just yeah. this this attack scene that went down outside the classes. But now it's the passing period, so they've all gotta gotta keep it under wraps now. But Coogler dropped his backpack as he ran away, and they found a thumb drive that might give us some new intel on what is exactly going on. And this is kind of the part where I start to follow the thread a little bit. Mm-hmm. Britta and Elroy are teamed up to get the information off the thumb drive and see what they need to do to move forward. What exactly is going on here? Well, they're uh, learning that something big is planned for the gala. Yeah, because they're reading the, the messages between the Coogler and the Silver Balls. And they found out that they were like, I need these these balls by the by the time of the gala. And they're like, what color goes well with blue? Navy. Blue jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, they see the picture. They reveal that it's Lapari. That's another thing that I think this well, episode... Well, they, they think the target is Lapari Because they're like, well, it looks good against blue. Who's going to be wearing blue? And they're like, Lapari is. He's going to shoot blue. 
See, that is what I missed in this episode. I never thought that – I didn't get that they thought that he was the target. I thought at this point they had a pretty good idea that he was a part of it. Oh, no. They're trying to protect him. Okay. They didn't the, know until I the watched the second half the of the episode wrong. Sorry, guys. It's okay. What, do you like the keystrokes joke? Yeah, I thought that was funny. I just thought it was a little out of character for the Dean after he sang a sad French song about... Well, I, never mind. <laughs> it wasn't about how he didn't understand Excel. It was about how... He, well, no, he learned Excel. I he don't know. Excel. I don't know if the, the Dean would be... Uh, if the Dean would be educated enough to be calling out someone's nerdy computer habits. Mm. Worlds within worlds, Zach. But that doesn't last long. He goes off to measure Jeffrey, and everything's <laughs> restored. And now we get to the kind of main chunk of the episode where a lot of the action takes place. Are Frankie gala. and Jeff a little flirty this episode? I don't think the show gives us anything to ship Jeff and Frankie, but if they gave us a single thing to, I would. I kind of, this episode, for the first time, I was like, I would be into that. It's yeah. fairly age-appropriate. It's wholly age-appropriate, I think. Yeah. Other than her being above him as, as a boss. That's hot. Well, uh, we know what you're into, but that's also unethical. Mm. Danny works at a different studio. It's okay. I kind of like the joke that she's got this model for the new brighter Greendale that's been mocked up. Yeah. Greendale's never going to look like this. It's just it's just a, a metaphor for what it could be in our hearts. Yep. I thought that was funny. Don't know how I feel about the Armenian stereotype thing, but I do like when Frankie's like, should we be bringing attention to that? Oh, look at me questioning you again. You got it. Follow, <laughs> Follow your, your bliss, bliss sir. sir. I'm going to start saying that to people. Yeah, I think this episode makes good use out of the earpieces in this little sequence. It's one mm -hmm. of the things that we get more the espionage side of the episode. I feel like in this stretch of the episode, they totally underutilize Abed and Annie, who look awesome as they're dancing throughout the episode. Yeah. But I feel like they don't really do a whole lot. No, the shootout scene, they do some cool stuff, but they are pretty underused. They look great, though. For the most part, they're just at the party together until, like, the army of custodians show up a little later. Yeah, they're just dancing. They do the same move, like, four times, but it's okay. Elroy's on to a suspicious waiter. They're basically, they know something's going down. Apparently, yeah, now they know they have to protect the party, and they're just looking around for someone that looks suspicious. Meanwhile, the Dean is going off to, to scoop out some clues, and as he steps on the elevator, great Daybreak reference as it happens. Right before it closes to safety, hey there, Dean. a shit ton of tall people that we've never seen before walk into the elevator, and I'll say, Dean, Dean. They're the custodians. Right. And he's what, very the Dean's very uncomfortable. Meanwhile, Britta actually does something useful here. She notices that one of the waiters definitely has a gun strap. Well, in she bag. almost does something useful. She tries to, but then, <laughs> then she, she says it really loudly. Well, she totally plays it off with her dinner <laughs> ordering bit. So there's a show called Leverage that I've talked about on here before. I really liked uh -huh. it. It's like a grifter show. Uh, the only my main issue with that show is that they always have the earpieces in and are talking, but they'll be like in an elevator with like one other person. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going up. I've got a gun in my pocket, and I'm gonna really steal all this guy's money." And the person in the elevator is just like, <laughs> "When they'd be like, excuse me." Although <laughs> yeah. if that happened and I was in the elevator, I probably wouldn't say anything. I probably yeah. would be la di da. Or like they're like dressed as waiters, they're like serving drinks, and they're like. Yeah, I've got eyes on the target. I'm going to approach him, like, as they're giving somebody, like, a, a cheese crisp. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I really like here uh, when Jeff is kind of starting to lose track of how he's 
trying to hide the paintball thing and also be trying to figure out the paintball thing. So when he bumps into Frankie and they both yell at each other and then Frankie's like, what the hell? I don't know. I thought it was a good moment. But it's Jeff's turn to give a speech here in a moment. And uh, he's starting to lose his grasp on reality. Often this happens in movies about like a war veteran or something where like all the lights are flashing and everything's getting intense and he's looking for the bad guy. And in a split (laughs) second, he makes the bad judgment call and shoots a kid or something. Uh, Jeff is starting to build toward. No, I think it's really smart. That's a trope in movies like this. And they use Jeff for that, uh, that they're building his like, He's losing grasp of reality, or he's becoming too paranoid about everybody. What's he's the gonna make movie a really bad call with? Later. Is it Dennis Quaid, where he's a Secret Service guy? Vantage Point. That movie's f-ing great. Is it? I have not seen you Vantage seen that? Point. Nope. It's really cool. I had it on DVD back in the day. No, you can't come in ever. I thought this was a pretty funny scene. How El Roy doesn't really have so much a plan but go into the kitchen and be like so you guys heard anything about paintball yeah the kitchen guys are way ahead of him they are all in on it and they're just letting the idiots come to them so they can take them out i think this leads to a really cool shootout scene oh yeah this is awesome the last 10 minutes or so of this episode is full of some really neat action Mm -hmm. i stopped writing down favorite funny moments and stuff because it full-on becomes an action movie for a little while and it's fun to watch people like keith david get to kick ass for a little bit he used to do it in movies like they live and Mm -hmm. shows like the cape of course yeah and he's a great ass kicker so it's funny to watch him do it in the context of community yeah, I, I think this fight's so cool. Having And they have two really cool close-quarter scenes right next to each other, which community doesn't normally do. They do big, we're all fighting in a cafeteria, you know? But, like, the space of an elevator or, like, a crowded kitchen is really yeah. cool, like, combat stuff. It's very, like, John Wick, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really Winter cool. Winter Soldier, what they're referencing here. Yeah. I also think, kind of going off what you're saying... This episode does a good job of, like, having two scenes going on at the same time and, like, Mm -hmm. tracking back and forth between them. Here in a second, they'll add, after the elevator thing, which, let's just, let's just watch this. Let's talk about the elevator thing. Jim Rash is such a f***ing star. The the run around the elevator wall thing is great. Him taking out each person one by one. And he's just a doofus, and he kind of did it by accident. (laughs) And he kind of says, I'm sorry to each of them as it happens. But then the last one, the last guy who almost gets him, he really does take out. Oh, yeah. This is the next part that I was talking about. I like how... Jeff's speech about a better, cleaner Greendale, looking back on those dark yeah. days, meanwhile cutting back to the paintball fight that's happening a room away. You know, I had not thought at all. I really like that you pointed out in this kitchen scene the mm-hmm. long, different-looking gun. Yeah. Because even more so than Todd, did we talk about that on the podcast or just to each other? That was on the podcast. Because they really do do that. The, the gun that Todd has in the beginning doesn't look anything like that at Mm-mm. all. That has to, I hope at least that that was a conscious effort yeah. to make us prepared for what was about to happen. Which and is, if that, like, that's brilliant. If, they if did it that. is what they did, it is brilliant. You're right. I'm glad you caught like, that. Like, that's like a, a reverse Chekhov's gun. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. 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 I love the fucking golden, like, Yes, Lapari's winning his award. I also like that he's wearing his jumpsuit his that has, like, blues. a bunch of tassels yeah. and stuff. Jeff's even more anxious because he's on the stage and he's learning that the guy in the kitchen, even though there was that shootout, it Mm -hmm. was not the person they were looking for. It's not Silver Balls. He could be anywhere in this room. And now Jeff is looking at everybody from the stage as if it could be any person. Mm -hmm. And it leads to just 
I don't know. I think this moment is so... Well, first we get the, <laughs> the symbolic popping of the balloons that we'll have every year. That's such a funny idea, and it drives Jeff insane. You know, this is almost like a ver- what's happening with Jeff here, building up to this explosion mm-hmm. that makes him look really bad. This is like my ideal version of the contemporary impressionist scene. Sure. This, Instead of hulking this out, out, he goes This on. outburst works so well for me. Instead of him being like... Look at me. You all want me. Ah! I really like this because they don't have to say anything. You feel yeah. the weight of this moment. And it's also so f-ing funny when the guy he the guy who he ends up shooting comes out of the crowd looking ominous as all f- making direct eye contact with Jeff, coming closer and closer to the stage, starting to hold something up. Meanwhile, Frankie just loving what's going on with the balloon popping. And Jeff makes a judgment call. He thinks that he's about to get shot. He thinks that they found silver balls. But it's not. It's just some guy with a crutch. <laughs> and he shoots him right in the fucking face. All he wanted to do was get closer so he could smile and wave to Jeff. Ooh. The first time you see this moment, it is a truly... If, if you're f***ed up like us and you think stuff yeah. like this is funny, it like is a guffaw-worthy moment. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most surprising funny moments of this entire season. Yeah. It is so funny. It's so well thought of. It's so like uncomfortably edgy a little bit. And it's also just well... It's so well set up and executed it's just a perfect moment it's a very classic community everything comes together i love it yeah you could tell this like a lot of thought went into this i mean not just with the scene beforehand setting it up but like building the, it all the up angles of it was shot the music the like the balloon popping that sounds exactly like when the paintballs are firing just to like stress everyone out like that was so good here's what i think a problem with the episode is I think you're right. They set up a lot of stuff really well. I do think there are other things that they kind of overthought and didn't mm-hmm. bring around the right way. I don't think that the Dean elevator scene properly gives us enough to know that the Dean knows that those are all custodians. Well, he walks in and says, need a custodian? I know. the. I just feel like it's the type of thing that they ADR'd in to make sure everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get that one they say thing, it. I, I kind of wish they were dressed like custodians. Exactly. That's what makes me that think that, been a little that bit... was an afterthought. I, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe the first thought was, let's do cool Dean Captain America yeah. scene. And then it was, oh, wait, how can that fit into our plot as we're starting mm-hmm. to... I don't know. It felt a little bit not fully baked. Yeah. But the Dean rushes in and he's able to tell everyone that the people behind all of this are the custodians who are working with City College. They don't want a cleaner Greendale. Uh, This is where things really kick off and Lapari is caught. I really like the way Kumail Nanjiani plays the villainy of this character in this episode. I think he delivers it really well. He's trying to give a good speech on the stage now that he's been caught red-handed. Abed can't help but point out, like, his misunderstanding of M. Night Shyamalan and his mispronunciation (laughs) of M. Night Shyamalan. And the smile Abed gives when he's like, I'm the one... I'm the one doing this to you. It's really funny. Yeah, the runner about him wanting to go take a job at City College, I don't totally understand because I don't know, like... That's what I'm saying. I feel like 
the Dean picking sides here, I feel like they're starting to build stakes where where they're, they're they were building stakes, but now they're like following through with stakes that they hadn't been building or yeah. something. You know what I mean? The 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 stakes are the Frankie Jeff thing, the keeping Greendale clean. The it's not yeah. so much. I don't know. It feels like they have too many things going on, and when they like say it, that it's been the custodians the whole time, it's like, oh, but I kind of thought we were doing this and this and this. Well, he should either be after the money or wanting to get hired by City College, not both. Right. Frankie is so, like, just dejected and lay- laying her head against the wall as the yeah. dean points a gun at Lapari and says, well, if you're going to get out of this one, you're going to need a small army but lucky for Lapari, he's got a small army at the ready, and the party turns into a giant shootout. I think this scene is great. Mm-hmm. The paintballs really start flying, and like nothing, one by one, all of our study group members are taken <laughs> out pretty easily. And they put up a pretty good fight. Well, they do, but I just it's a different climactic action scene, like in an action movie, where all of a sudden all of our side characters are getting killed in a blinking-you-could-miss-it yeah. kind of way. And I like that in movies. Like, I like the not expected shot. I like that even though there is a prize, there is a competition going on here, that was never really the point of this episode to have mm-hmm. everyone compete against each other. So it doesn't really matter as people are all being taken out all at once. Yeah. And then at the end, I'm, nobody gets a prize, right? No, no prize. But See, has anyone feel, ever gotten a prize? I feel like a big mistake for this episode is to not do more with that City College did this. They do mm-hmm. almost nothing. It more becomes that they take down Lapari, yeah. and then Frankie agrees to give them all their job or to not take away anyone's jobs if they don't. Sh- they don't worry anything or mention anything about how City College orchestrated all of this to make Greendale a mess. Nope. Uh, it, that's one of the few things that leaves me head scratching at the end of this yeah. episode. Not to say that I don't really like it and that it's not in my easy top few of this season. Uh, it's just why it's not the best paintball episode. I thought maybe sure. it was my favorite paintball episode. And there are things about this episode that I like more than the other paintball totally. episodes. But I think my favorite's got to be the first one. Yeah, I, I like this one more than the first one, but the first one's not my favorite paintball episode. I like the um, second one the best. I love the Custodian Museum. It's such a funny idea. They just don't... The school would not be standing without the custodian staff and any big building would not exist without its yeah. custodial staff they are so important and integral to to the success of any business really mm-hmm. and uh they're so uh downtrodden and in yeah. this school especially at greendale they're just shat on they're not paid attention to at all uh, the fact they have this this museum dedicated to their arts, which makes a lot of sense in the same school that has the mm-hmm. air conditioning annex. Yeah. That everybody just assumed was a, a storage closet because only custodians ever went in there. Yeah. I this so this was actually the scene where I was like, wow, this is really well directed. When the dean specifically is running like through like the steam pipes and things, it's this is so representative of like the climactic showdown between the good guys and the bad guy right? in action movies. It was awesome. So well done. And I think that uh, Kumail Nanjiani does a great job throughout this, especially after he comes from away from when he's on the microphone. I think he delivers a really great villain monologue. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love how, you know, it's just how community for this all to work and for this all to be funny, they have to play it seriously. Yeah. And they do play it so serious in the scene that it almost becomes legitimately tense. 
I love the sign, room of mannequins dressed <laughs> as custodians. It's so funny. <laughs> so Lapari comes out. He has this microphone. He's giving his villainous speech about how Frankie will change Greendale and how he just wants wants a place where they all get to decide who they're going to be, not a place where Frankie gets to tell them what they're going to be. I think the way that Kumail delivers his, you all think I'm a villain, but I'm not. But I'm uh, That not. whole part, he does very, very well. And yeah. it turns into one last sh uh, showdown. They're all for different reasons looking at shooting each other. The Dean goes from pointing at Lapari to pointing at Jeff, thinking about what he could, there's only three of them, what he could do if they get the money. Uh, <laughs> I think for an episode that kind of doesn't totally earn its ending or the stakes here, I think this last shootout and everyone's motivations here are good enough. Yeah. Although it is one of those things where in real life, like, everyone's talking for so long. Somebody would have shot somebody by yeah, now. I would have shot. And it is cute here when Jeff is like, I really like Frankie, and I don't want Frankie to leave, so we've got to figure out something that works for all of us. Yeah. And then Frankie comes in, reveals herself. I like her line. She's like, look, if you guys lower your guns, I'm not going to throw you a party, but I'm not going to get anyone <laughs> fired either. And they decide that that's good enough and that they're all going to... I don't totally get how... They're like, How... but who, they're like, but who wins the prize? And then they all decide to shoot themselves in the foot. And then they all shoot, like, they're selfish. So instead of shooting themselves yeah. in the foot, they're going to shoot someone else in hopes that they'll be the last person. What happens? Just nothing? There is no prize? Nothing. There needed to be some mention of, like, we're going to get City College back for this. It's just, yeah. like kind of done away with and it's satisfying for the plot of the episode but it doesn't quite satisfy like the the reasoning it for does not it. now yeah. is there anything with city college the last two episodes don't think so hmm nothing in uh in so far as like carrying off of this threat no then this should have been like the you know final goodbye to final f you to city college you know I think it should have been, and I think it kind of was, and it makes it feel more like a classic community episode because we talk about City College again. Yeah. We remember the threat of City College, but I almost would have rather they not brought them up at all in this situation. I would have actually, if this episode was going to be as close to this as it is, I would have preferred a version where it's purely the custodians have put this together yeah. to like somehow get back on them for all of the messes they've had to clean up. And they mm -hmm. do dabble with that, but I wish that would have been like the big thing instead of also City College, so then they don't like all the well, way do and the motivation for the janitor is already there because he literally says like we have to show like that you need us so what better way than to have a paintball that they have to clean up because who else is going to do it you know they're like oh well this stuff doesn't happen anymore we don't yeah. need the janitor the janitors the same way but it's like yeah you do season six has to me kind of been a a season of when we get to the ending of the episodes they kind of just like as easily as we can, let's get back to everyone hugging in the study room. Yeah. Uh, and this is no exception, but at least this one with, with Frankie getting back at them because they were all acting immature and playing shoot 'em up paintball around the school, that she's going to make them dress and talk like babies until they've learned their lesson and grown up. Yeah, I don't think I liked that as much as you, but it's I think fine. it's funny. I don't think it's a satisfying ending to all of mm -hmm. it, like with the, the things that I brought up already, but I think it's a funny bit, especially mm. Elroy saying he made a stinky. That I liked. And everyone saying wah in unison. And, I don't and know, Jeff Zach. After our recent four-way into baby play yeah. uh, on the pod, did you hear anything about that? Was it called About a Baby? 
Um, I believe it was called My Inner Baby. And nice. No, maybe I should do a quick Google search and see if they still are open or if the city of, what was it, Fishers? Noblesville? I think so. Uh, if if the city was was rightful in shutting them down. I say let the freaks buy their diapers. I think, <laughs> I think that's where we stood on Didn't we stand on it that way? Well, that's well, how I stood on if it. if it's... They're not doing anything to kids. One of the people can't be an adult. They have to both be babies. That was what I landed on, I think. Ooh. Uh, it's not looking like good news for my inner baby. Mm. They go online with their store now? This was August 11th, so it's been a little while. Unfortunately, yeah, but... we have some sad news to share tonight. As you likely know, we've been fighting for the survival of our business against the morals of the city of Noblesville. Today, they made it clear that they would seek penalties of up to $7,500 per day if we keep our store per, open. Per day, shit. So they've closed the store, they're filing a lawsuit against the city, uh, all kinds of stuff. Wow. Wild. Come on the show, let's talk about so it. So I think I think what we're going to do here, we, we're going to help them out. For the rest of the run of community, every <laughs> dollar you give to us on Patreon is going right to the fine baby diaper folks <laughs> over at My Inner Baby. And by that, I mean we're going to send them postcards uh, asking for a sponsorship. But no, their store is no longer open. Mm. Damn. But yeah, the adult babies, gotta love them. We all love a good adult baby, don't we? Like, if it's about a baby, that's not okay. But if it's about being a baby... Okay, can it be an adult if... Can it be an adult and a baby if it's about I want to pretend I'm a baby and get bossed around, but there's no uh, penetration involved? If there's no sex, it's fine. Do what you want. And then afterwards, they take off the baby stuff, and then they f That's okay, I think. That's okay with you. So you're not totally cut and dry on the issue. You just don't like the idea of I'm pretending to be a baby, I'm pretending to be a man, and we're going to have sex with each other. I think it's but more that's so what we've done. I'm pretending to f*** a baby that's We've done issue. that so many times, Stephen. Well, How but you say we that now, do it. You say that now in the sanctity <laughs> of the podcast, but every time we're alone after we're done recording, you say you're a little baby and call me a full-grown adult while we do this. And I well, do. Well, just because I put a pacifier in my mouth doesn't mean I'm being a baby. Just because I poop my pants a little doesn't mean that I'm a baby. Just because right. I say I'm a little baby, Zachy, you're my daddy, doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm a baby. <laughs> Sometimes you just say stuff in the heat of the moment. All right, so w what we're saying here is at the end of the episode, they all dress up like babies and nobody's f***ing, so it gets the you so can't disappoint okay. a podcast, <laughs> adult baby, seal of approval. It's like a group thing. It's like daycare. That's okay. Okay, so now we're at the end tag. <laughs> Garrett's putting on his show, Grin and Garrett, monologues about surviving Vini VD Vicky. Overwrought. Derivative. Seven dollars? And it's ah! I like how Greendale is such a self-contained universe that the plays are in reference to the other plays that they've done at the show. Uh, it, Garrett has just done this whole thing to talk shit about Vicky and how much her play sucked. And he probably also charged $7 a seat for this thing of him complaining about Vicky's thing. But then it turns out that they're just setting up the Garrett and Vicky extended universe. Yeah. This is all part of a ploy the for the EU. third in the trilogy. What I think so funny about this is like the audience is devouring Garrett making fun of Vicky's thing. But yeah. then when it becomes like all part of their extended story, you think they'd be like, 
oh shit, more of this. I'm excited. But no, instead, they're they turned hard. Because Vicky's play was shit, Zach. That's the problem. And her mom's still alive. She's in the audience. <laughs> I think the booze were, were earned. You think the booze were earned? You wouldn't be going to see Garrett and Vicky? I'd go see Garrett, but not Garrett and Vicky. Not after her mom was alive. Okay, so what were you saying? Of the three shows, Vinny, Vidi, Vicky, uh, what's Garrett's one called? Grins and Garrett. Mon- Grins and Garrett, monologues on surviving, Vinny, Vidi, Vicky, or Vicky and Garrett, which of the three are you seeing? Uh, Grins and Garrett, followed by uh, Vinny, Vidi, Vicky. Well, the audience are clapping when they announce their new show. They just turn hard when they find yeah. out Vicky's mom isn't really dead. Yeah, sure. You don't lie about that. Yeah, you don't lie about that. I swear to God, Artie. <laughs> if we be find out. <laughs> We're going to be checking the records. <laughs> oh. All right, that's the end of the episode. I think it's a really good episode. I'm really glad so that you liked this episode. It is a throwback episode. It's a little bit like, you know, I don't always love when a show like does an episode that takes off of an old episode just to make you remember how good the show used to be. But that is what they're doing here, and it works, and I like it. Yeah. Let's wrap things up here. Who is your MVP for this week? Okay, so I have three honorable mentions. Okay. Lapari. Yes. Dean. Yes. And Frankie. Okay. So I MVP Jeff this week. It was really close with Frankie because I think Frankie has a fantastic episode. But I think Jeff just edges it out just because he's in more of it. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. Honestly, I'm not going to. He's an honorable mention, but yeah. I want to give it to Lapari. Yeah. I think Kumail Nanjiani is great. But however, I'm thinking we only have three more of these left. And before long, we're going to be seeing who the overall season six MVP winner is. Yeah, we don't want to sway it, sure. I think I want to sway it for someone, Mm. so I am going to give it to Frankie. Wow! I think Frankie is the MVP in this episode. I think Frankie is the season six MVP, Uh, so I'm going to give to her to add a tally mark. Nice. I I mean, I'm, I'm with you with the Frankie love, especially the last few episodes i think frankie's really stood out to me as wow she is is my favorite part of season six consistently the season works a lot more because she's there because i've had a pretty tumultuous relationship with this season zach there were some there were some dark days some some i'll be excited i'm really excited for our roundtable in a few weeks to see what your top and bottoms for the season are and Mm -hmm. to revisit and decide what mine are but we're done for this one we've got 108 down two more to go steven Auga! Auga! Everybody, I hope this has been fun for you guys. Next week, we're going to be back to talk about the penultimate episode of Community, Wedding Videography, another really good episode. Excited to dive into it and to see what Steven's opinion on it is, uh, not having seen it before. And while we're still here, before we leave you, if you like what we do here and you want to support us further, check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. Five bucks a month gets you all of the I don't know, days of content that we put out there already and gets you immediate access to this show a week early and all our other Patreon podcasts as soon as they're available for just $5 a month. And also there are higher levels for even more uh, perks that you get out of me and Steven. 
And aside from that, Stephen, where can the people find us? Well, if you want to stick the barrel of your gun right up our assholes, why don't you come follow us over on Twitter? And we've got to plug the Twitter real hard because we're just weeks away from the deciding vote. Well, I'm going to plug the Twitter about as hard as I will be plugging you later on. Hey, you. Pre or post baby outfit. Bonnet on or off? <laughs> Bonnet on, Zach. Uh, <laughs> I just have to say, I'm not a baby. I am a man. This exactly. is okay. It's just an outfit. Um, then it's exactly, fine. Stephen. That's why it's okay. If they do it, if you just wear just a diaper an and a bonnet and don't baby talk, it's fine. But if anyone is pretending to be a baby in the scenario out loud, it's bad. But they're not babies, and they're not harming any babies. But they're pretending. If they are people that because of what they're doing, they go down the slope to then abusing children, yes, that is bad. But if all they do is get their weird sex stuff out of the way by dressing up like a little baby and talking to their daddy, that's fine. Mm. See, because my issue is not with the baby. I got no beef with the baby. I got got beef beef with with the the man who wants to be a man. Right. Yes. Let's, I, I want to push this even further because here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking from the man to the baby situation. Uh, you know, there are all kinds. I, I'm not this type of person. I think it's annoying, but it's like a power trip thing mm-hmm. to be like in charge of somebody. Sure. But the body that you are having sex with is not the body of a child. Uh huh. But bossing someone around and having them be like, I'm your little baby, I, I think it's weird. But and it's, isn't the basis it's, think, of role play to put yourself finish. in a different... I think, I think it's weird and it's morally ambiguous, but it's not unlawful. It's not unlawful, but there are a lot of toe-in-the-line things that that almost are. What was that about the Twitter? Uh, you can't just a pod. We're over on Twitter. Come jam your baby dicks in us. Uh, we're <laughs> a grown man can have a baby dick. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. If it's a baby-sized dick on a grown man, that's yeah, fine. That's different. Um, we're over. We're also on Instagram. <laughs> uh, come send us pictures of you in a bonnet, fully clothed, please. And make uh, sure the caption says, here is me, a full-grown adult. Full-grown adult. Yeah. Make yes. sure you you specify. We don't want to get in I trouble. feel more comfortable about asking for bones. If someone sent us a picture of them in a baby <laughs> bonnet, unless, of course, it is at communities on Twitter, I will yeah. feel very uncomfortable. So please sure. do not do that. Unless you are at communities on Twitter, then yes. please, please, please do. Um we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Uh, I'm sure there's some baby groups over there. Gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> Guys, it's been really fun. We've only got a couple more of these left, and it's going to be a lot more fun throughout the rest of the year as we keep bringing you You Can't Disappoint a Podcast every single week. So stay tuned. We'll be back next week from inside the Dreamatorium. Black Lives Matter. It's okay to f*** adult babies. I'm Zach. I'm Widow Steven. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. I'm an adult. I just talk like this. I know the ringer with the slick trigger finger for her majesty. Another one with the golden tongue poison in your fantasy. Another pill from a killer 
Yeah, I'm gonna let it open. Oh,